Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Elena McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not not a lot of trades, I'll tell you that. Uh, I think we, we made it past the trade deadline. Uh, there was definitely some uh, a lot of things happening on Twitter, uh, but I don't know that uh, the, the trade ever was going to get close. It sounds like the, the asking price was too high for uh, Jamal Adam, but we, we do have... Lots of stuff to get into today, even without a trade in, involved. Right. Uh, so let's go ahead and start with, uh, when you first heard that the Cowboys were interested in Jamal Adams, how did you feel about that, Landon? Well, I mean, the first time? I mean, the like, the, yeah. Well, today. Let's today. Just today. Okay, so, uh, you know, I, I mean, I clearly I wasn't too shocked. I mean, they clearly had made a uh, a, a, a play at him, or a, it had been part of their thought process earlier in the season um right. and it just never kind of materialized and you know as they say deadlines make deals so um i you know it's not surprising that i guess it, it came up um you know uh, i think at this point uh you have to wonder if like there wasn't one side kind of, I, it sounds like maybe the, the jamal adams camp reached out to Dallas or something and kind of made it clear that he wanted to come to Dallas or, you know, I, I think there was some, one side prompted this uh, more than the other. I feel like, because this, this trail had kind of gone cold a little bit. Um, so right. it, it'll be interesting to right. see how this all kind of guides out. But, uh, uh, you know, I think when, when we get more of the information about what happened behind the scenes, it'll be interesting to see exactly what kind of brought this back into uh, into conversation? Like it, it had been very cold at this point, so it's it's interesting that that suddenly uh, this came back into focus as the tra- trade deadline came close. Yeah, so we're doing this podcast about 15 minutes after the trade deadline, so there's starting to be some news that kind of leaks out about some of the offers. Uh, David Moore from the Dallas Morning News said that the Cowboys were. Interested in putting together a Minka Fitzpatrick type of deal, which would have been a you know a first round pick plus some day three swaps and that kind of stuff, uh, but they weren't willing to go to the level that the 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 Jaguars got for Jalen Ramsey, which was two first round picks and some other stuff. Uh, I listen. I love Jamal Adams. I think he would have been a, a, a great fit here for the Cowboys, but two first round picks seems like quite a bit. Yeah, right? I mean, I think. You know, I think you and I had talked about it before we had heard exactly what the, and we still don't know exactly what the compensation would would be like but um, I think two first round picks would I would grit my teeth quite a bit you know yeah um, I agree I, I, I again I like Adams but there's certain positions that you can't give up two first round picks for I, I'm I, let's be clear I would have been fine giving up the 2020 first round pick and extra stuff for Jamal Adams. But two first-round picks for a box safety, that's when it gets a little bit Yeah, dicey. for sure. I mean, that's just – I mean, the positional value alone is really tough there, even with a guy who you – yeah, as, as good, good as, as he, he is. is and as young as he is. And, and, and frankly, you're getting a cheap deal too, all things considered. Uh, that's still just – that's just too much. And, and frankly, from what I've heard, 
they wanted more. They wanted more than just two first round picks. They wanted sure. two first round picks and then an additional like not late round pick. So that's just entirely too much. Yeah, I, I do think that's that's too much here for the the deal. I, I, it's also worth noting that the other team that was involved in some trade rumors <laughs> with Jamal Adams was the Ravens. Uh, that's yeah. interesting because they have Earl Thomas. Uh, I can understand why for them they lost Tony Jefferson, their strong safety, to a knee injury a couple weeks ago. Uh, they're in a similar situation as Dallas as they're ha- they have a rookie quarterback on uh, a cheap deal. They have a team that they feel like is ready to compete in a conference that maybe is not as strong as it was in previous years. I can understand why the Ravens did it, but I- I'm assuming they had the same kind of problems with the Jets where – Hey, they're fine giving up a one and change, but when you get to the two first-round picks, uh, that's where it gets a little dicey. Um, let's take a quick break, uh, I, and then I want to come back and talk about what this maybe means for the Cowboys going forward because I think there are some big takeaways uh, from this trade deadline. So we'll be right back to talk about that. All right, Landon. While the Cowboys did not make a move, I think we were able to peek through some keyholes here to, to learn a little bit about this front office. Uh, We saw last year that Jerry Jones and Will McClay, they're being more aggressive when it comes to trades. They're willing to to offer up first-round picks if they get elite playmakers back. Uh, Is this a surprising development for you? Is this a good thing for the Cowboys? Because personally, I love it. I, I love that the Cowboys feel like they need to be in an arms race with the rest of the NFC because I, I think you're they're in a conference and, and they're in a division where I don't think you can just sit back and develop players anymore. I, I just think it's it's too hard to build rosters that way. You need to be aggressive. And that's why we're seeing the Rams go out and trade for Jalen Ramsey. We're seeing the, the Saints go out and, you know, they traded multiple first-round picks to improve their pass rush. Uh, we've seen Seattle do that with Jadavion Clowney. Uh, do you like this new philosophy of the Cowboys of being more aggressive in trades? Yeah, I mean, I think you just have to be – you know, it's got to be the right situation. I like that they're being judicious about it. You know, like I think that the worst case scenario, honestly, would be them severely overpaying for Jamal Adams. Like if they had given up what was being asked, that really would have been bad. I, I, I even with Jamal Adams, yeah. I, I mean, I think two first round picks and then another mid first, you know, fourth round pick or something like that. Uh, I, I that's just too much. You know, and. and I think that you know when you talk about all the the, the contracts that they're signing, um, with all these players long term, the only way you're ever going to be able to make a situation like that work is if you 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 hit on all these draft picks, like the, the especially the the higher end draft picks. You gotta hit on these because you need to get that higher end talent on cheaper deals in order for those bigger deals to make it work. So I do think right. that uh, I do think that there is something about you know not just trading away all of this because I think that's just too much going all in on one season. Um, but I do like that they that they are taking the the, the deals that come their way. Uh, you know, like I think that the 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 Cooper deal, the the uh, the the Bennett deal, both of those to me felt like they were. Um, situations where they were being aggressive but they also got a good deal i think out of the situation and and were able to take advantage agree, of that yeah. and not just hopping on a deal because they feel like they have to make a deal 
I, I agree. Uh, I do like the Cowboys being uh, being this aggressive because, like I mentioned before, I think the NFC is so much further ahead of the AFC in terms of roster building and competitiveness. I mean, you look at the AFC right now, how many teams are actual contenders in that conference? Four, five? In the NFC, it's everybody but two or three teams. So you've got to constantly be reloading your roster uh, to try to, to try to make a run. And if you, I just don't think anymore you can sit back, draft, not make big moves in free agency, and expect to, to make a run. Obviously, you can still draft well, and there, you can be frugal in free agency, but I think there's times when you need to be aggressive. And the Cowboys, while they didn't do it this time, they have shown with the Michael Bennett move, with the Robert Quinn move, with the Amari Cooper one, that they're willing to make a deal when they feel like it's, you know, it's the time. Uh, I want to talk about something else, Landon, and it's the safety position as a whole for the Cowboys. Uh, for years, the Cowboys, and we've all thought that the, this is a position that the Cowboys just don't value. They don't put a ton of resources in the position uh, they don't put, you know, they don't spend a lot of money. Obviously, they wanted Earl Thomas, but they weren't willing to pay a, a, a king's ransom for him. But it does appear that they've changed their philosophy at that position a little bit. Uh, I can go ahead and say now that if the Cowboys had the 27th pick in last year's draft, they were going to draft Jonathan Abram. Uh, they obviously targeted Jamal Adams today. Uh, what do you think about the Cowboys, you know, changing philosophy of the, the safety position moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's interesting because it clearly seems to be you know tied to specifically like top end of the talent. Like it feels like they're willing to pay for top end of the market guys that become available. Whether that means uh, uh, you know Earl Thomas to up to a certain point, and and you know going after Jamal Adams, I, I just think that they have like. They realize that there are some top end guys that are significantly better than the guys that they have, uh, especially a box safety, uh, and they're willing to go out and make moves to, to 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 get better there. I think what we've seen now is that like there's a threshold, right? Like it feels like uh, if there's a move to make to get incrementally better at the position, the Cowboys would probably rather just roll with Jeff Heath. But if, if, if there's a guy that's, like, significantly, noticeably better, one of the best at his position there, um, then, you know, they're, they're clearly willing to kick the tires and see if it's a deal. But they're also, like, I think, again, I would say they're also not willing to – they're not desperate. They're not willing to overpay, uh, you know, just because they feel like they have a need at the position. They don't hate Jeff right. Heath, I think, the way that a lot of Cowboys fans do. Uh, I, I think that they are are perfectly fine with him, um, but they are also will they're more than willing to take a look at whatever opportunities to you know significantly improve the position uh, become available to them. All right, as we head into you know the twenty twenty off season and you know in a couple of months, where does strong safety rank among the needs of this roster? I mean, obviously we we don't know what's going to happen this off season. But we can kind of project. We, we think defensive tackle is going to be a spot where they're going to try to improve. Cornerback could be another spot where maybe they lose Byron Jones and maybe they need to add, you know, players there. Where do you anticipate the safety positioning, you know, position ending up on their, you know, the totem pole of where do they address 
uh, certain spots. I, you know, it's hard to say at this point. I mean, I almost wonder now that uh, we've seen this, if they don't start putting... I would love to see more Wilson. I would love to see more I agree, uh, yes. Thompson. Uh, you know, just to just to see. You got his name. Right I on did. This podcast. I, at least I'm so I, I, I got his name. I remembered. <laughs> it's not that I didn't get his name right. It's that I just flat do not remember his name, Darian Thompson. I got, sorry, it. got I got it. I got it. You know, I I just think I think that at this point you're. You're, you're going to look at what's on the street. You're going to realize what you've got. I think they need to look a little bit deeper on the bench to see what they've got in some, with some of these guys, see if uh, if they can't you know, get some improved play. I mean, look, if you're going to be talking about uh, uh, kind of playing more of a down-and-up role situation anyways, why not put Wilson in there and see if he can mix it up, see how long he, uh, he can handle it, it being down there. I mean, I, I think – it's worth at least seeing what you have in house, uh, and then by the end of the season, you know, again we'll reevaluate and go into another draft, like looking for another safety. All right, cool. The last thing I want to talk about, Lane, and this is a little bit of a analytics discussion. So th- these are always fun because obviously you embrace analytics, but maybe not as much as I do, and that's fine. And we 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 differ a little bit there. The analytic community believes that defenses don't translate from year to year, and that's why you see so much regression, and even from game to game. It's a lot of opponent-based and quarterback-based. I was one of these people that believed that the Cowboys should be investing more of their draft picks on the offensive side of the ball because it's more stable from year to year. Uh, I think it's always wise to protect your quarterback, to to give them enough assets to make sure uh, you're getting the maximum value there. That's why I was a little bit hesitant on this move for Jamal Adams because you're giving up picks that could help improve the roster. We're not sure what's going to happen with their offensive line. Obviously, they have all those guys tied up for the next several years, but Tyron's becoming a little bit more banged up. We'll see what they have uh, in some of these other younger guys. Uh, Randall Cobb is a free agent. Jason Witten is 38, 30, whatever, how old he is now. Do you believe this philosophy of, you know, Maybe they should be investing more picks in the offense rather than the defense. I don't, I don't disagree with the overall idea that there is more stabilizing value in investing in offense versus defense. I don't, I don't dis, I don't disagree okay. with that general thought. My specific to the Cowboys thought though is that the Cowboys have a lot of money already invested in the offense. They do, and, and that's one of the reasons maybe why I was so against the, the, the Ezekiel Elliott one because I thought there was better ways to invest his $15 million a year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, obviously we could, we could say that, and I, that's, you know. I don't want to make no, this a we don't. We don't want to do that. I, I tend to think that, you know, look, there's value in, in paying and stabilizing players. I think that Zeke has a stabilizing uh, factor to the offense that ha- brings value I, I, de- I definitely agree that, you know, look, that there, there might be better ways to spend it on a wide receiver, other spots. But getting back to what we're talking about, I, I, I think I think that, sure. you know, they, they have a lot of these pieces locked up uh, and several of these pieces that are going to be locked up. I think Cooper and, and Dak, they're not done yet, but I would be surprised if they don't get done. I, I don't really stress yeah. about those contracts at all. I know that's a big talking point for the rest of the media. 
to me, it's not even something I think about on a today to day. Yeah, basis. exactly. And and to me, I, I think when you consider all that, and you consider the offensive line is basically locked up, and, and you know, I tend to think, okay, I'm okay with them going, spending a little bit more on defense, adding talent there through the, the trade or through the draft or whatever, because you, you've already kind of fulfilled that. Or, or nodded, given deference to the idea that offense is a little bit more of a stable side of the football. You've spent the money there. You've spent the draft picks. You're in a good spot, I think, offensively, at least now and maybe next year, um, that you don't necessarily have to spend this uh, this pick, uh, you know, these first few picks on offense the way maybe you thought about on defense. And that's why I think you can do things like this. I mean, you have to remember last year's first round pick went to the offense. So, oh, so, sure. so, so, yeah. Third so, I, I think that there is, you know, that it, it, it's not. I, I think your your thought process is correct. I just don't know that it necessarily applies to the Cowboys currently. Well, and here's the thing, and I will readily admit this: there, I don't think there was a player out there right now that the Cowboys could have traded a first round pick that would have made sense. I think the only guy out there OJ was Howard, OJ Howard, yeah. and I think. Yeah, and I think a first-rounder for him is a little bit too expensive at this point in his career. I would have been fine giving up the second. The first-rounder is a little bit too much. Um, but other than that, you know, there's just not a receiver out there that I think teams are willing to give up for a first-round pick. There's not, I mean, there's not that many good tight ends in the entire league, and the ones that have them, they're not giving them up. Uh, so I, I do think in this case, you know, I think the Cowboys were on the right track going after a safety but long term, I'd like to see them continue to invest uh, maybe more assets on offense than defense. But uh, that's a conversation for a different day. Uh, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. And we will see you next time.